Hello again and welcome to In Taiwan We Speak, your audio guide to Taiwan's mind-blowing linguistic diversity. I am Alexander Shin and today we continue our conversation about the Hakka language with Xiang Shengyan or Paul Xiang, director of the Taiwanese public broadcaster Hakka TV. So let's talk about your family. Um, as a Ukrainian, you probably won't notice that Actually, Xiang is not a common last name for Hakka people. Every time when I exchange my business card with my interviewee, they will say, oh, is Xiang Hakka? Here in Taiwan, most people, I guess, all the same like me. I got my last name from my father. And my father is actually not in Hakka. My mother is. My mother's parents raised me up. And both my grandparents they only speak two languages, Hakka and Japanese. Mm. Unfortunately, I feel it's a great shame that I didn't learn any Japanese from them, only Hakka. And I, as I was raised in that atmosphere, in that circumstance, so I can only speak Hakka then. In year six, when I uh, went to the elementary school, I officially start to learn Mandarin. So you actually grew up speaking Hakka as your first and only language. Exactly. It's kind of difficult to imagine. In my generation, I know it's rare. But today, I would say how fortunate I am to use my mother tongue so fluent and so naturally with that background. For most other Hakka people living in Taiwan, that is not the case. Maybe some of them, but um, I would say that's not the situation right now. For example, I have a daughter, she's 13 years old now, and for their generation, Hakka is more like a language they need to study. Not like in my back 45 years ago, it's just part of my life. I don't actually need to learn that language. I will naturally use it. But for them, sometimes they need to look the words or vocabulary up in the dictionary or ask me. The way of study learning Hakka is totally between her and me. Hmm. In that case, I won't say it's quite more difficult for their generation. But still, I would assume it's easier for, let's say, your kids to learn Hakka since one of the parents speaks it. I should have mentioned that my wife is from Xinchu too. She's also a Hakka speaker, so she's also Hakka. We try to use Hakka as much as possible, but I would say for my daughter, it's very difficult for her to find someone else other than us to use her car. So the dominant language for her is still Mandarin. Hmm. Now, let's say at home, when your family decides the education for your children, does it come as a compromise when you have to choose between, let's say, investing time and efforts into educating your children in Hakka language and in this very much demanded foreign languages these days like English. I guess that's not only me, maybe most of the parents have to face that. But I would like to share my own experience. I used to be a journalist and in 2017, I was in the central part of Norway, Trondheim, the third biggest city of Norway. The reason I was there is Elsa Raura Ramberg. A hundred years ago, in 1917, she initiated 
this campaign about the first, the very first Sami Congress. She says Sami people need their own Congress to protect their own rights. Among these experiences of interviewing people in different countries of Europe, I found one thing in common that is so different from our viewpoint here in Taiwan. No matter how young or how old the people I interview, because I don't speak Welsh, I don't speak Irish, I don't speak Scottish, or I don't speak Sami, I can only interview them in English. They can speak their own native language. They can speak the language in that country, and also they can be interviewed by me in English. So you could imagine that multilingualism is so natural for those European. I bet you would find that more common than me because for me that's something new. Because after those experiences, when I need to make the choice, which language should I let my daughter to study? I don't take that's a dilemma or that's a situation I need to face because. Learning more than one language is not a extra burden. They wrongly think learning language is adding water in the glass. If the glass is full, you won't be able to add any more water in. Now that all those people from different countries, from different ages, they can do it. Either it's Welsh, or Irish, or Sami-speaking people. We Taiwanese or we Hakka. Definitely have the opportunity or have the ability to achieve the same level too. So you are optimistic, and you believe that Taiwanese people of all linguistic backgrounds are actually capable of achieving that multilingualism. Before capability, I would say we probably need a open mind、hmm. on the language learning. Don't be afraid. You know, it's just happening naturally.、Hmm. Well, speaking about the glass example, I beg to differ because recently my Mandarin classes have been struggling. I feel like the glass has been、Broken. pretty much full, <laughs> <laughs> and I struggle to bring up another empty glass to the table. <laughs> Sometimes when I see my Laoshi, she was like, "Yeah, didn't we just study this last week and you already don't remember?" <laughs> But yeah, what are the things in Hakka language perhaps present in this language, but not in other languages? Some words or phrases or grammar. Quite a lot, actually. Could you give us a good example? Yes. For example, we Hakka people make sounds like when you don't agree with someone, but you don't want to tell them. Oh. You give it a sound.、Mm. And for those who cannot see the picture, you're also frowning your eyebrows when you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we say Hakka people is,、um, it's not easy for Hakka for us to say you you are not agree with someone in face. So we have this kind of expression. It's only a sound, and in vocabulary we have some words. I guess that's only in Hakka too. For example, we have a saying called "bolang." Sounds like you feel cold, bolang. But when I say "han bolang," very bolang means it's annoying, it's disturbing. Although originally it means cold. I mean, like word by word. If yes. You just look at the words. Yes, feel cold.、Mm. 
But the meaning is the situation is very disturbing. A bit similar to pain in the ass. Oh. <laughs> May I? <laughs> I just did it. Okay, so that describes it. Yeah, this mm. situation like that. You All say right. 很波浪 very 波浪 I like that phrase. <laughs> I think I'm gonna adopt it. <laughs> And the sound <laughs> <laughs> sounds very useful to me. And speaking of tones, how many tones are there in Hakka? You just asked a very key question. We have seven tones. For example, take、uh, I speak. Sichuan and Hailu, in Hailu accent, we use seven different animals to express these seven tones. I'll show you.、Uh, the first one is si, si means lion, fu, fu tiger, bao, bao cheetah or leopard, up, up duck, hill, hill monkey, xiang, xiang. Elephant, lo, lo, deer, seven tones: si, fu, bao, up, hill, xiang, lo. Do you tell the differences? Okay, up and lo. Up, lo, lo is lower. Oh, it's up, lower. Lo. Wow, that's very, mind blowing indeed. Very tricky. <laughs> I see. Now, what does Hakka language use to write itself? That is another situation we are. Facing right now, I learned Hakka from my grandparents. It's so natural. But my daughter, they learn from textbooks. They learn, of course, from me and my wife too, and they learn from dictionaries. And they write Hakka characters. In my generation, for me, I don't really write Hakka characters. Hakka is more like a oral language to me, rather than a written one. Of course, I do write some of them, but I'm not. That good in writing compared to speaking and listening. That is another situation that we are facing right now because some of the people raise these questions. Allow me. One of the characteristic, very special thing about Hakka TV is we put all our programs and news in Chinese subtitle. As I mentioned, Hakka TV is not only for Hakka. So we want someone who is interested in Hakka in our program. They even they don't understand the language. They may follow. They may understand what is the program, what is the content about、mm. by reading those subtitles. So all of our contents are subtitled. Some people ask, in your position, you are doing this job of preserving and promoting the language. Why don't you put those subtitles in Hakka words, in Hakka characters? We did in two program, one or two programs. We have this, you know, feedbacks. From many audiences, says it's even more difficult for them to follow because those characters are the characters even Hakka people are not familiar with. So that's one thing. Another thing is if that audience don't understand the oral Hakka, and even more difficult for them to follow the subtitle. So we are now still focusing on doing orally is Hakka, but subtitle in Chinese only. But is there a system to write Hakka language, or is there more than one system? For example, the computer or the software we are using right now, we still have some difficulties.、Mm. The most often came across word "me" in Chinese. Do you know "wo"? Wo. In Hakka, "ngai" 
we still won't be able to use either Word or anything PowerPoint, anything to type that word because it doesn't exist in older softwares. Is it not the one that could be represented by the Mandarin Chinese character for Wu? Of course you do. You may use another word that uh, pronounce the same one, but it is not exact word you should use to refer to I in Hakka. Mm. So I guess there are some way still we need to go. Probably the government or the those software companies still working on it. Before that, it won't be that easy for some of the people to use. But yes, mostly maybe 90-95%, you may type it, you may use them in hacker words. Shouldn't be a big issue. But you mean still yes. The Chinese characters. Yes. Hmm. And hacker characters too. I've noticed that is a problem for many of Taiwan's languages, the, the problem of standardizing writing system, right? Yes. Especially indigenous languages that well were not written down by well for centuries and now that they want to advance their education in that language, they simply do not have a way or at least a unified way to write everything down. For Hakka, we have this debate a couple of years ago, but even the Hakka Affairs Council says we go with the Department of Education because they are the one who is in charge of the teaching and the learning of the language. And do you have a feeling that sometime soon there's going to be a system developed that everyone could use? That is the right timing because how can we take advantage of AI to be a useful tool? I have learned that both in Zhongyang University in Taoyuan and the Lianhe University in Miaoli, they are working on AI to probably simultaneously interpret what I said in Hakka and then they can show in Chinese characters. Actually, they are also cooperating with Hakka TV. We provide all our programs and all our news broadcastings, those in different accents, different dialects of Hakka for them. The larger, the bigger the database, the more precise the new AI system could be. Maybe another half year or another year, we will have a better version of that system. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's very interesting. I probably will lose my job someday. <laughs> Won't we all? <laughs> Won't we all? <laughs> That's all the time we have on this episode. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing. And everyone else, thank you for tuning in. Once again, we will be waiting for you next week with more. This was In Taiwan We Speak, your audio guide to Taiwan's mind-blowing linguistic diversity. I am Oleg and see you next week.